Hello, hello everyone, Morgan here, and you are listening to the Rogue Preparedness Podcast. Okay, so today we're going to talk all about rainwater and collecting rainwater. So um, you can collect rainwater no matter where you live. Now, a lot of people will tell you, well, it's illegal in certain places. Actually, what we may be looking at is that if there are some restrictions, um, some places it might be straight up illegal, but most of the time there's actually restrictions. And you should look up your local rainwater collection for your specific county. It's usually not a statewide thing. It's a county thing. And sometimes it's even just a city thing, right? Now, I think it's absolutely absurd to make collecting rainwater for individuals illegal. They think that by you collecting your rainwater, that you are taking that water from the aquifers. That is not how it works, okay? There is plenty of water going to the aquifers. And you and your little collection of rainwater is not hurting anything. In fact, the places that are most drought-ridden, like Arizona, the Southwest, they encourage collecting rainwater because they understand how important it is for individuals, right? Individuals, individual households are not the ones that are consuming the most water. It's farms and things like that. You know, individuals are, now individuals do consume a lot of water, okay? I'm not saying that, but... um, you know, the ones that are digging, you know, thousands of feet down because, you know, they're draining aquifers are farms. And that's a fact. I'm not bashing farms. It's just a fact. When I lived in Arizona, um, there, I was a part of an aquifer that was very close to a lot of farmland. Like I was, you know, spitting distance from farmland. It was all around me. And I just happened to be lucky that my property and the properties of my my neighbors sat on a completely different aquifer. And that aquifer was not drained by those farms. So, um, you know, like they were digging thousands and thousands of feet down and I was able to have, you know, well, about 300 to 350 feet, which is fantastic actually for the desert. That's a fantastic number to be at. Um, but anyway, so rainwater, collecting rainwater for individual use is highly recommended. Now, a lot of people are probably saying, you know, like they live in the desert or drought ridden areas and they're probably saying, I, there's no way that I can collect rainwater, you know, enough for the whole year. And you may be right. Or you may have to adjust how you use water. So first of all, I'm going to talk about you know, the collection of rainwater, how to make it, you know, how we use it, how to make it safe to consume, all that. So first of all, there's a big myth that you have to have gutters in order to collect rainwater. This is a 100% myth. Now, in saying that, gutters help, uh, like, condense the water down to where it is basically just like one stream of water going into your rain collection system. So it will fill up a little bit faster with gutters, but there's a downside 
to collecting water off of your roof and through the gutters. Depending on the type of roof you have, you that, that rainwater could actually be more contaminated from falling down from your roof. You know, like if you have an asphalt roof, you're going to have to do, you know, water purification no matter what before you use that water. Okay. So we had rainwater collected from gutters and we've had it no gutters. We've done both ways. And I'm not sure I saw a huge benefit to the gutters, to be quite honest. We had to spend the money on the gutters and then, you know, like, and then install them and all this, you know, we had to do the whole shebang. Now, again, it's consolidated water. It's water that, that is direct from those gutters, you know, falls from the roof to the gutters, into, from the gutters into your rainwater. So it's nice and, and you know, and concentrated is the word I'm trying to say. It's concentrated down into your rainwater collection. But you do not need gutters. If you don't have gutters and you don't want to install them or you can't or whatever, you know, gutters and the whole installation process can definitely take time. You know, not just time, but money. You know, things are not as cheap as they used to be, as we all know. So, um, yeah, so gutters are fine. There's nothing wrong with collecting rainwater from gutters. You know, people might have that concern of the water coming down from your roof and contaminating the water that way. But I think whether, you know, if you were going to use it, you would have to sanitize it first anyway, right? But I'll talk about that in just a second. So the second way of collecting rainwater is in any container. You know, like when it rains, you can literally set out five-gallon buckets or pots or bowls or whatever, and just fill all that stuff up. You can then put it into some some other container, like a water, you know, storage container or whatever. Um, I've also made a rain barrel collection out of a trash can, and then all I did was I put um, it was like a a garden landscaping fabric. I put a garden landscaping fabric over top, along with a hole up top, so. Mosquitoes could not breed and, you know, debris couldn't get in, but the rain just fell into that giant hole. And that thing was always full. I had, we had that for about two years. It was always full. And we put a little spigot on the bottom. I have this uh, DIY in my book, How to Store Food and Water for Emergencies. It's a great, easy DIY. I also have it on my blog. If you want to just go look, you can look up rainwater. Just search rainwater on my blog at roguepreparedness.com. And yeah, it's a super easy DIY and you can do that. You know, it'll just take maybe an hour of your time and then you'll have a rainwater collection. But in general, you know, just set out buckets and things, you know, just set it all out and then collect the water. Now, of course, that's not really a sustainable system. I think that having those open systems with like if you want to just get like a bunch of five gallon buckets and put them out put that um put the landscaping fabric over top of the opening right and then you can cut a hole in the top of the painting you know bucket lids and there you go so now it's going to collect water 
Just make sure it's not under anything. Make sure it's nice and, ex and exposed to where it'll collect a nice chunk of water. You can even put it like on the sides, like on the corners of your house where it drips heavily. You know what I mean? You know where the water drips the heaviest in your house. So you can like put them right under those spots and you'll collect a nice you know, chunk of water. So it's up to you. But um, you can even do this in an apartment. So <laughs> a lot of people think I'm really crazy when I, when I say stuff like this. But you can actually do this kind of system. But you would probably want a gutter. So you just get a gutter and you put it like on your railing. Um, on your, like if you have a little patio outside. You just put it on the railing. And then you can direct a spout downwards into a bucket, and then you can fill it up that way, right? <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, we can get creative. And, and that gutter on your patio of your apartment is not permanent. You're just like, you know, securing it on there. You could secure it on there with zip ties. It really doesn't matter. As long as, you know, you could take it, you know, when you need to leave, it's not a secure permanent structure or that kind of thing. And then again, just put that downspout into the bucket. So that's one way that city people can can collect water if you live in an apartment. Um, yeah, and so I think that the open container system works really well. You know, you don't have to spend a lot of money on, on gutters or, you know, like if you are renting a house or you're just, you know, renting in general, you don't have to do that. You know, you don't have to have the gutters. And I just want to make sure that you know, everybody knows this. You know, people always say, well, I don't have gutters or this, that, and other. Great. Put out some open containers. The rain will get there. I promise. The rain will get there. <laughs> and maybe it might take a slightly longer to fill up. But I'm telling you, when we had that um, garbage can, dude, it was always full. And, you know, I, it, that's in central Texas where it actually does rain quite a bit here. Rains more than people think. Um, so you can collect rain no matter where you are. In areas that get monsoon, the time that you're going to be collecting water is during the summer, during monsoon. But you can collect a boat load of water during that time, as long as you have enough containers. We had a, um, the 275-gallon IBC totes when we were in the desert. And those things filled up so fast, and they got so full. Uh, we had two off the side of our shed. I, I put one IBC tote over by the chicken coop, and I was going to put another one, and then I was going to get the gutters and fill those. <laughs> and I was going to put two on the greenhouse, so then I had just water just for the greenhouse and gardening purposes. And so, yeah, I, was, <laughs> I had a lot of plans to just put rain, rain, rainwater collection everywhere. You can get 55-gallon drums super easy. Just go onto Craigslist or, um, you know, market, Facebook Marketplace and just search, you know, 55-gallon drums, um, IBC totes, anything like that, and you can get them super cheap, so cheap. So um, I actually used to deliver them from a person, <laughs> for a person. We used to deliver some IBC totes to people for rainwater collection. But yeah, so the time that you're going to be collecting is monsoon if you live in the desert. 
you know, or drought-ridden areas, not just the desert. There's lots of drought-ridden areas that a lot of people think, oh, wow, that's drought. You know, you're in a drought I never would have known. Um, so, so yeah, collect the rainwater um, during the times when it rains. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it seems silly, you know, to, to word it like that, but you could at least have enough water to potentially water your garden and 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 maybe your animals throughout the year. Now, when it comes to other water, I'm not going to get into a big discussion about that, but yeah, rainwater depending on how many containers you have, you could actually have a really good supply for of whatever you would like. But then there's also conservation, right? So there's conservation of water which we did a lot of um when we were off grid that's basically all we did because we had to haul our own water so we hauled water and we collected rainwater but we had to conserve water you know when we took showers we turned the shower on to rinse then we turned it off when we were you know putting the soap in our hair and then we turned it back on to when we needed to rinse again then we turn it off The same thing when we washed our hands or brushed our teeth. We only had the water on for those few seconds that we needed to rinse our hands or that we needed to, um, you know, rinse the toothbrush or whatever. Doing dishes. Um, You know, we did all of our dishes by hand. You You could fill up the sink. So you could fill up a sink and then, you know, have one sink for soapy, one sink for rinsing. Um... And that can work really well. Or you can you can just uh, you know turn the sink on every time you need a little bit of water. Turn it off, you know, whenever you needed to rinse the rinse the uh, soapy water off. You just turn the water on for a second and then turn it off when you're washing. Um, so the water's never just aimlessly running, you know. And let's see. Oh, you know, we we never watered lawns. <laughs> If we're going to water something, it's going to be something f- that we are going to consume. You know what I mean? Um, our garden, things like that. And we calculated it out. Actually, the garden took anywhere from 50 to 100 gallons a week. We were able, you know, the garden alone. The, we were able to monitor that because we hauled our own water and we knew how much was in our tank. Now, it you know, obviously you don't haul your, well, not obviously, I don't know. I don't know you. (laughs) I don't know your life. Um, If you do not haul your own water, you may not be as aware of how much water you use. We actually did have a wash, uh, we didn't have a dishwasher. We had a washing machine, but we air dried all of our clothes. So we, and then we, at one point we were also washing in buckets. That actually saved a ton of water. And the washing machine that we had was an energy efficient one. So like we could tell it how much water to use and it used just about the same that we might use in the buckets, you know, like anywhere from five to 10 gallons, not a lot. So that was also very, very important to us. You know, when we were looking for a washer, we wanted to make sure that that washer was not going to be using an excess amount of water and a little tidbit on gray water you can reuse the gray water, okay? So reuse the gray water to go, you know, water your plants. 
I mean, that's the perfect way to, to reuse it. I heard this guy plumbed all of his gray water. He, was, he lived off grid and he plumbed all of his gray water from the washing machine and from his sink and from his shower underneath his garden. And then there were pipes underneath that had holes in them. So the gray water would come through and it comes to those pipes with the holes and it would just fill the under, underneath the plants. And the plants were always watered that way. I thought, number one, that's a brilliant tactic to reuse gray water. And number two, you're not, you're keeping the soil and the plants moist, but without, you know, a lot of um, dissipation, right? So without a lot of evaporation, because you're not watering from above, you're watering from below. So it goes directly to the roots, I thought that was just a brilliant system. And I was like, next time we're off grid, I'm doing that. It is so smart. <laughs> and it's just, it's smart. Now, where we actually plumbed, we did all of our own plumbing when we lived off grid. Every single one of it. In Arizona and in Alaska. And when we plumbed in Arizona, our gray water, we plumbed it um, to a, just a specific part of the house and where we plumbed it, where the water came out was this huge batch of wildflowers. I didn't even have to plant them. They were just there, you know, and it was this huge batch of wildflowers. So it was, that theory was working in action right before our eyes. That gray water that came from our washer came down, you know, and then watered all of the plants, you know, above it. It was really cool to see. And I just told my husband, we're so stupid. We should have, you know, <laughs> we should have plumbed it all to the garden. But, you know, lessons learned. But I'm telling you, in case you ever want to do this, I just thought it was so smart to reuse that gray water in such a smart way. And a lot of people talk about, you know, you need to use proper soap and things like that. And you, you probably do need to be pretty conscious of the type of soap that you use in these scenarios just so they're not just like, you know, like, especially if you are using it for your vegetables and your fruits and things like that, you're not, you know, poisoning your plants <laughs> or yourself, you know, with these types of unwanted chemicals or the ground or anything, you know. So, uh, yeah, be pretty conscious of the soap that you use in these scenarios. Um, okay, so... How do you use the rainwater? So I've already talked about, you know, conserving the water. Um, I will say if you are in this type of scenario where you need to conserve the water, um, you should probably look into um, dry gardening. And that's basically using drought-resistant crops that rely on rain or that just don't need a lot of water, you know. Um, Drought-resistant crops are is basically dry gardening. So you will only rely on the rain, or you will only be watering maybe once a week, once every two weeks, something like that. So it's something to keep in mind um, when you are thinking about these type of scenarios. I just thought that I'd throw that out there as well. <laughs> That's actually going to be part of my um, How to Live Off Grid uh, book 
that is coming out soon. I have a whole bunch of ideas in there with DIYs and thinking outside the box and all these things. So, um, yeah, it's going to be like this whole guide that's going to be talking about how to live off grid based off of my knowledge and the knowledge that I've acquired from others, these kinds of things. So anyway, I'm super excited for this book. So anyway, um, <clears throat> so how are you going to make the rainwater drinkable? So, you know, a lot of people, again, they have the concerns that it's already contaminated. Um, you know, people are very cautious about just just consuming rainwater in general, regardless whether it came from the roof. Like people are just very, ew, rainwater. And, um, you know, there's a lot of pollutants and things in, in that can happen. So I get it. But at the same time, it is rain. And, um, you know, we can we can take that extra step to try to just boil it. So you can boil, you can purify it with distillation or reverse osmosis or any other type of um, water purification system that you have. Literally any type of water purification should be fine. Your Berkey, that'll be fine as well. It should all be good. Um, Seychell has some really great systems. Katadin has really great water purification systems. Um, well, so I have a whole highlight on my Instagram page that talks all about water. Um, yeah, so yeah, rainwater. I think that, you know, before you use it, if, if you want to consume it or use it in cooking or any of that, maybe just give it a little sanitization first and then consume it. If you're going to be using it for your garden, I don't think there's really any reason to sanitize it. Unless you absolutely think you have to, that's totally up to you. Um, for your animals, again, it's totally up to you about whether you think that you should sanitize it first before giving it to them. Uh, I think that's about it for rainwater. Um, I want you to seriously consider rainwater as a source of water you know like if you do live in drought ridden areas you already know that going to find water you know like you may be you know five ten miles away from the nearest water source but that's five or ten miles that you may have to travel in an emergency situation maybe without a car because you don't have gas or because the roads are impassable or whatever the case that's five or ten miles that you know no reason for you to go if you already have some water systems, right? Um, definitely don't only rely on rainwater. I will say that you should definitely be storing water bottles, storing water in containers, and making sure you have plenty of water purification methods, but also knowing where the nearby sources are. You know, um, we didn't have a well for a while in the desert, but we knew a couple neighbors that did. So we were able to strike up deals and things like that. So, <clears throat> you know, you just, maybe you can pitch in on a community well, you know, whatever the case is. Um, you know, so there's lots of things that can be done. Or maybe your area is just impossible with water. Like I actually heard of... Um, 
areas in Utah in which you could have a well, but you had to buy water rights, I guess. Um, and then you could only use the water for like personal use plus a little bit of gardening or something like that. Like there were some areas that were so restricted on water that you couldn't use it, you know, that you could only use it for certain purposes. So if you live in an area like that, just be aware of the, those kind of restrictions. Of course you are probably already are, you know, if you've bought those water rights or whatever, you, you are already aware of those restrictions. But, um, you know, it's just, it's things to think about, um, you know, when it comes to collecting rainwater. I, th- I don't think I know that you can collect rainwater no matter where you are. And then if you're in super high desert where it, uh, it does snow, you know, we got snow when we were in the high desert. We were only at 4,000 elevation and we got snow. If you're above that, you're definitely getting snow. And, you know, the mountains around us were snow-capped, all these types of things. So there's snow, okay, in, in super high deserts. High deserts in New Mexico, I've seen snow, lots of snow areas, right? So you can then melt that snow. You can melt it um, and then, you know, sanitize it or whatever, and then you could try to refill your containers that way, right? There's lots of ways to find and collect water, we just have to understand and be open to it and realize that collecting water and having water is a constant effort, just like with food. It's kind of like a never-ending process. How many times do you fill up your water container, you know, your water bottle every single day or, you know, grab a bottle of water, excuse me, you know, like how much are you drinking every day? How much water are you using every day? A lot. Water is used for so much. It is our greatest resource and our hardest resource. It's, it's the most important thing to keep us alive. We can go way longer without food, but we can't go very long without water. I mean, even after a day, you know, that whole rules of three, chuck that out the window. Because, you know, especially in really hot areas, or even during the winter, it doesn't matter. Year round, you need water. You actually cannot survive three days without water. People say that you can, but after that, that first day, you're going to be almost useless. You're going to start feeling the effects of no water okay your body will start feeling it almost immediately after that first 24 hours look into it it is fascinating and you don't want to go through that okay water is so important you do not want to go through you know being without water you can go through being without food for a while (laughs) but not uh not water so have lots and lots of plans and rainwater is absolutely one of them and no matter where you live you can collect water even if it's only a certain time of the year even if it's only a few times a year you can collect it collect it as much as you possibly can okay thank you all so much for listening i hope that this was helpful 
and it at least encouraged or inspired you to think about some ways that you can get some rainwater collection set up. It does not have to be super fancy. I know you probably look at Pinterest and you're like, oh, I see all these fancy, you know, one barrel connected to another barrel connected to another barrel. I want that. Yeah, sure. That would be great. If you can do that, do that. There's so many ways to collect rainwater and some of them are super fancy. But really at the end of the day, what works is what works. Don't worry that your system doesn't look as fancy as that. Just get something out there to collect the water. That is it. And then, you know, make sure you protect it from the mosquitoes or debris or anything like that. Thank you all so much for listening. I encourage you to head to my website at roguepreparedness.com and sign up for a newsletter in case social media uh, decides to boot me for trying to teach people to be prepared. (laughs) Or uh, find me on YouTube. Uh, Just search Rogue Preparedness. And you can, of course, find me on Instagram at uh, just search Rogue Preparedness. Thank you all so much for listening. I appreciate you. Conquer tomorrow by preparing today. And if you ever have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'll talk to you later. Bye.